But hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. One of the questions that I get the most as a financial advisor, especially for people who are planning for retirement, is when is the right age to collect my Social Security benefits? And my favorite answer to give when I get a question like that is, well, it depends. And really, the bottom line is it comes down to a few things. And we're going to cover three different areas today that might kind of color your decision as far as when you decide to elect your benefits. So one big thing to recognize is that this is a very personal decision. And as financial advisors, of course, we like to run numbers and spreadsheets and things like that. And that's a good idea to do that. Uh, Of course, it's important to understand the math. So we understand the logic side of things. But I can tell you that then do it them. I can tell you by doing this for 22 years that this is a very personal decision and people have lots of different reasons for why they choose when they collect their benefits. Today, we're going to cover three. Now, first of all, I did want to start with one point, and that is that if you have never been married before and you're not married right now, this is actually a relatively simple decision for you because it really does just come down to life expectancy. Normally, the way benefits work is that you could take benefits as early as age 62 and you would definitely want to elect benefits by age 70. And the reason for that is that early collection of benefits starts at 62. That's the earliest age that you could collect. And every year that you wait, you get about a 7% increase after that. That once you hit full retirement age, which is in age 66 to 67 for most people, that would be the point where you start getting about 8% per year for waiting. So you do get paid quite a bit to wait for benefits. But of course, if you're thinking about life expectancy and everybody in your family has died by the age of 70, that certainly would weigh on your decision and you may want to start collecting your benefits early. So that is one area to think about is life expectancy and your marriage marital status because that does make a big difference. Now, today we're not going to cover survivor benefits and we're not going to cover divorced spouse benefits. Those are kind of in the weeds. We definitely can get into those situations with people if you qualify for that or if you have a family member that qualifies for that. I think those areas qualify for their own episode of the Wiser Financial Advisor because they are so nuanced. So a couple of things to think about. If you are married and you have uh, or if you've been married before, that's a, a whole different deal. Now there's a lot more complexity as far as when you should be drawing your benefits because you probably have somebody else's benefits that you could collect on potentially. So that's where it's important to understand the rules of the game and understand how those benefits might affect you. But again, as far as life expectancy, that is one big factor that will weigh on people as far as when do I start collecting benefits. If you are a person and maybe if you're married and neither one of you have long life expectancy, then you may want to start collecting those benefits early. If you have a very long life expectancy, if both of you have a lot of longevity in your families and you take care of yourselves, you might think about 
taking it later. We tend to recommend, as financial advisors, we do tend to recommend that people wait at least until full retirement age. I think the math will probably work in your favor. Uh, This is from running thousands of calculations and seeing a lot of situations with clients that usually will work out in your favor. But then that brings us to the next point, which is your personal views as far as the outlook towards Social Security. You might have heard that Social Security does hit a point of insolvency in that they will not be able to pay out all of the benefits that have been promised to you and to me. And so there have to be some changes to the program going forward, and those changes may affect your benefits and my benefits. In fact, there was a point in time where there was a piece of bipartisan legislation that actually called for phasing Social Security out once people reached a household income of $200,000 or more. And that wasn't that long ago. That's been in the last 15 years or so that that legislation was out there and it didn't pass. That's one thing to think about is that you had both Republican and Democrat support for that, even though it didn't end up passing in the end. So keep that in mind is that it's pretty likely that there are going to be some cuts to benefits based off of income or wealth in the future where everybody might not get this. In other words, if you have a high income and a high amount of wealth, that actually could weigh on your decision because you might say, I think they're going to take this away from me or I'm not going to get the full benefit that I've been promised because I've got too much financial means. Now, that's a great problem, of course, to have. And I do encourage you to really think about that because that is one area that's probably the most common area that I see where people will collect benefits earlier, even though financially, on paper at least, it looks like they would get more by waiting. So be thinking about that. The other thing that could happen that would not be necessarily taking your benefits away is that they could just raise taxes and they could raise taxes quite a bit on your social security once you reach a certain income level. So that would basically accomplish the same thing, wouldn't it? And that you would have your benefits cut back. And really this would turn more into an entitlement program In other words, just being there for folks who don't have much financial means or maybe just people in poverty, that's what Social Security could turn into in the future. And if you think about it, back in the 1930s when they started Social Security income, that was kind of what it was for, actually, was to be there as a safety net for old people. Basically, they couldn't work anymore and and they were still living. Of course, back then, the challenge was that people weren't living that long. And so when they had Social Security come out, benefits would be collected at age 65, but people didn't live much longer than that back then. So really, Social Security, as far as a a, financial obligation for the country, it really wasn't that big of a deal. We were just kind of handling a small subset of people. Now it's turned into something that actually is something that people rely on for their entire retirement income. And of course, that was never meant to be what Social Security was put into place for. So not to get political at all, it's just a policy thing that they are likely to change this in the future because the math just doesn't work. You have too many people collecting benefits, not enough people paying taxes in through their payroll taxes to pay benefits. At some point, the scales tip and there isn't enough money to cover those benefits. Now, is it possible that there's some kind of a bailout or something like that? Yes. But how will that be paid for? Ultimately, when we borrow money, either as individuals or the government or companies, when you borrow money, you're borrowing money from the future so you can spend that money today. So you can use that money today. Ultimately, there is going to have to be some balancing effect where there will be either a reduction in benefits or 
there will be increase in taxes or some combination of both. Then finally, if you don't draw, this is a big one that I get from people and they're absolutely spot on, is that let's say that you're retired and you are thinking about drawing benefits. Let's say that you're 62. If you don't start drawing your social security benefit, where are you going to get that money from to be able to live on between now and the time you start collecting your social security benefits? That's actually a really good point because it makes a big difference depending on the individual. If you have all your money sitting in the bank, for example, and presumably with zero risk, right? We have it in CDs, savings accounts, things like that. If you have all of your money in the bank or someplace super conservative like U.S. Treasuries, that's something to think about as far as when you collect your benefits. Because if you're getting a 7% increase per year to wait... And let's say that your savings account or CD is paying 1%, maybe uh, right now, I think that would be pretty generous because rates are so low. That's something to really think about is that we're drawing from a place that's not earning a whole lot. And maybe it would make more financial sense to let your social security benefit keep going up. Consequently, that could be an area that that person just decides, hey, I'm going to draw now. The other way to approach this would be that if you have an investment portfolio, and let's say it's more of a growth-oriented investment portfolio, and of course, no guarantees, we can't guarantee any rates of return, but let's say that somebody was assuming that their rate of return on their portfolio was going to be a lot higher. Let's say that they thought they were going to get 6, 7, 8, 9, 10% on their portfolio, whether that would be guaranteed or not. Of course, it's not. Uh, that might be in that person's mind as far as, well, I can do better. I can do better in my portfolio. I really don't want to draw down on that. And so I'm going to collect my social security benefits now. So whenever you are kind of faced with that decision, that's one big factor to think about is when am I going to take benefits and where am I going to get that money in between now and then? Now, if you're still working, let's say you're 62 and you're still working, it's a lot easier decision, isn't it? Because social security will actually penalize you if you have earned income and you haven't yet reached full retirement age. You can only make something small like $17,000, $18,000 per year until they start dinging you on your social security benefits. So that decision is relatively easy. If you've hit full retirement age and you're contemplating that, now you can work as much as you want to after full retirement age. But then that same thing comes down as well. If I didn't start drawing social security benefits right now, then that means that I'm using my money from work, but it also could mean that if I'm not drawing benefits, my portfolio you know, could be fed by some of these dollars. In other words, I might be able to contribute more to my 401k, build up my wealth more. So there are different factors at play here for sure, but you should be taking that into account as far as where am I going to get that money from if I'm retired and I haven't started drawing benefits. So the other thing, of course, is remember on the back end of Social Security's age 70 is the age that you definitely would want to start collecting benefits if you hadn't already, because after that point, you just start losing money. There's no more increases at that point. So you definitely don't want to wait beyond age 70. I would say most of the people that I talk to end up collecting it earlier than 70. That's probably the exception that people wait until that age. But again, it does largely depend on those three factors, life expectancy, your personal views on Social Security, and also if you don't start drawing benefits, where are you going to get that money from? What do we think the rate of return will be on your wealth? So for somebody who didn't have any wealth, let's say you had no balances anyplace, no cash, no investments, anything like that, again, it gets relatively easy at that point because you would just take it when you needed the money. Effectively, when you retired, you would have to because that would be your only source of income 
income at that point. So it's something to really think about. And of course, that's why we like to run spreadsheets and run numbers and everything like that, because quickly, even without throwing the wrench of uh, you know survivor benefits or divorce spouse benefits in the mix, you can see why those things de- deserve their own episode, because really, it's, it's an area that very quickly can get complicated and doesn't just come down to one thing. So the other thing to think about, I'll just plant the seed for a future episode, is those survivor benefits are a big deal. Because all the stuff we've just talked about, remember that that might affect your spouse as well, in that you may not believe Social Security is going to be around, or you may not believe that you're going to make it a long time. But you also have to think about your spouse is that they may be collecting off of your benefit someday. If they have a long life expectancy, and maybe their views are a little bit different than yours, you might have another factor at play there. So we'll definitely talk about that in the future. It's definitely a big, big deal as far as thinking about not only yourself, but also survivor benefits for a spouse. So with that, I hope that was helpful today. Again, there's three factors that we talked about today. That would be life expectancy, also your personal views and kind of predicting the future, in other words, of what might happen to Social Security for you in the future. And then also, if you don't draw, where are you going to get that money from? Those are just three factors. You probably can think of more than that. And I would encourage you to contact us to go through that in more detail, really because it does come down to a personal decision. In the end, no matter what the math says, ultimately, it is going to come down to your personal opinions, your personal views, your personal uh, kind of values as far as how you feel about these things and how you're going to sleep at night. Ultimately, these are your decisions and we can guide you and give you the best information possible. But at the end, it is going to come down to what makes you feel good, both logically and emotionally as well. Help us promote the podcast. I think if you want to uh, do us a favor, that would be great to subscribe, certainly to your favorite podcast service like Apple or Spotify. And also help us promote the podcast by sharing it with your friends. Uh, We're getting more and more downloads every week, and that's fun. I'm definitely getting more and more people every week are saying, hey, I listened to such and such episode, and you talked about this. So that's definitely fun, not only for our existing clients, but remember, this is not just about our existing clients. This is also about future potential clients. It's also about people that may not be in the same place that our clients are. In other words, they may be just starting to build their wealth and really are trying to get educated. So this is definitely for them as well. We definitely want to be serving our clients, but also serving the greater good. I think there are a lot of key pieces of wisdom and certainly taking other people's experience in the past. People can make a lot better decisions, I think, if they're informed and if they can kind of get an idea of what other people have done in the past, maybe some pitfalls that other people have experienced in the past. That's what we're trying to really unpack here on the Wiser Financial Advisor. So I appreciate your time, appreciate your uh, your loyalty to us, certainly in helping us promote the podcast and promote Keystone Financial Services. I hope you have a wonderful week and God bless. The opinions voiced in the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor.